Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Well, welcome one, welcome all, welcome everyone in between. I am Katie Patrick, joined today by Mr. David Fiorazzo. Before we get started though, please, if you haven't already done so, please download our Freedom Project Media app on your smartphone and tablet. We do know, as we've seen, our content be hidden on social media platforms. What? So by downloading our free app and allowing for notifications, then hey, you're gonna get our stuff. And we can always let you know when a new video is published. Okay, well, today, students at the University of Southern Maine all the way up there in the Northeast, walk out on their professor and demand, I demand thee, resign. They're demanding her resignation. Why? Because, because she, I mean, it was a grave sin. Here's what she did. She said that there were two genders. Resign, oh I say. My. Resign. Oh, that's, that's a serious offense. Unfortunately, yeah. And the, the students are calling the shots here, apparently. There's the headline. Student boycott class students boycott class after professor declares there are only two genders so can you see now why the university system actually academia is absolutely intolerant of the biblical worldview because that is one of the most basic principles god as creator of the universe and of mankind then the creator of two genders male and female and then he established marriage family, and the church. It's pretty simple, but that's the biblical worldview, and we can't have that anymore. And of course, now this, we're, by the way, we're not saying that this teacher is a Christian or conservative by any stretch, but simply stated a biological fact. The headline uh, says it all, but students, so I, I would have loved to have this on video, Katie. Students walked out of the University of Southern Maine. The professor's name is Christy Hammer. And this took place, the offense <laughs> took place September 14 after she reportedly stated there are only two biological sexes. So Woo! 1,500 signatures later, um, this was a petition that the uh, students rebelled and said, we've got to get her out. But a petition supporting her was created by Jennifer Gingrich to the University of Southern Maine Teacher Education Department. Oh, 1,800, oh. my goodness, 300 different. Anyway, the point is there's a counter protest to the boycott of the teacher and the walkout. Well, as we know, as we know, <laughs> as I say it time and time again, if, if there's a reason for us to make a petition on change.org, we petition, which, hey, I get it. It's in the First Amendment. You have the right to petition, although most people don't know that you have that right. Instead, they're just like, change.org, we're going to petition our little hearts out and, and try and have, have the masses who probably don't even go to the university because change.org, these petitions are international, like anyone can sign them. So who knows what's actually happening, you know, on the ground level there in Maine. But this professor, Christy Hammer, she's a, she is a sociology professor, tried and true. She's been, she did all of her studying at the University of New Hampshire. She's about sociology, but she also is about 
teaching, and that's what happened. Of course, when you're Uh-oh. in a classroom with a bunch of future teachers, what? they're going to be like, oh, how did you say there's two what genders? Are, there's a bigger story here, perhaps, that we've got a university educator that has actually attempted to teach. Whoa. Breaking news. This is breaking news. Make a whole other story out of this. <laughs> this could be a whole other story. Well, according to the Bangor Daily News, they reported that the students alleged that her comment, again, saying that there are two genders, was <gasps> inaccurate and transphobic. All right. Well, wow. Hammer then. She put the hammer down. Yes. That, was, that one was too easy. She reportedly refused to retract her statement. During a restorative justice meeting, the fact that we have restorative justice meetings says a lot. Uh, and then again, students threatened to do the boycotting of the class. And this happened like the second week of class, maybe <laughs> another third, but it was mid-September. So you're talking like maybe the second week. It took them that long, I guess, for the, hey, do you believe that there's more than two genders? Because if you don't, then I can't take your class because I will be triggered in every single class. It took them two whole weeks for that to happen. So I guess that's... That's something. But I, I'm happy the university, at least, and at least <clears> some <throat> of her like co-teachers and the other people are like standing up for her and not just being like, oh, we can't touch this. We can't talk about it ourselves because we don't want to get canceled. Right. Because that's, you know, again, who's running the asylum? Clearly, it's the patients, a, a la the students in this I, instance. I like this quote from the counter petition. The counter petition. A university that cannot teach facts because students find them too hard to handle is useless as an educational institution. Whoa. That's very profound. Wow. And Clear, clearly uh, it's from the counter petition because yes. students could not come up with that. Right, well, yeah, right. <laughs> they would never have said anything, obviously, yeah, this, like now, that. These are the people that actually support the teacher for standing up for biological fact. But wait, there's more. There's a plot twist here. In 2016, Christy Hammer, this teacher, tweeted, Feeling sad and depressed? Are you anxious? Worried about the future? Feeling isolated and alone? You may be suffering from capitalism. Oh, okay. That's right. So she's not exactly a conservative. <laughs> oh, no. Unless she's being ironic there, which is would would be hilarious. But again, you don't know. educational background being sociology, the odds are n- yeah. not in her favor, although they ever be, shall be in their favor. May the odds be ever Hunger in your games. favor. Yes. And we're going to see what happens on this story because I'm hoping that she stays a teacher and keeps fighting for the common sense, knowing that there are two genders male and female yep truth he made them okay truth fact reason common sense still to come a princeton professor defends a course that puts limits on free speech this should be fun next if you have a smartphone tablet roku or apple tv consider downloading the freedom project media app it's 100 percent free and includes all of our weekly shows plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready.
So while we have that happening up in Maine, two genders, that's where we're, we're at the basic low totem pole here. <laughs> Ground level, we're learning two genders. Um, we have <laughs> things happening at Princeton. Princeton University, yes. uh, because we know there are plenty of professors out there, many, many, many professors out there who are not doing their job because they'll present whatever they want to present, but they present it as fact, even though it's maybe not fact. Well, at Princeton University, we have a syllabus that is kind of talking about, you know, free speech and how there's going to be limits on free speech. Follow along. It's a good thing, but a bad thing, but a good thing. So <laughs> you can you can have your own opinion on it. Yes. Not fact, but your opinion. Uh, Princeton University, we have a syllabus for the course called course called Ethnography for Research and Design. What? And it includes a subsection within that syllabus that is called Speak Freely with Many Caveats. <laughs> and so the subsection actually includes a policy that warns students against speaking openly and freely in the classroom on every subject because there's caveats okay? Oh, okay so it's like you can speak free but hey i got caveats and that's oh, what the whole thing okay. says right so the course is being taught by director of graduate studies carolyn rouse who is the former chair of the anthropology department all right the syllabus actually encourages students to take a position that they disagree with but it states that debating, however, must be done respectfully with facts and all knowledge production for this class must be predicated on the following set of values. The syllabus lists respect for opposing points of view as one of the expectations for the course, um, but it doesn't actually specify what constitutes disrespect nor any consequences for violating the course's free speech policy. So it's kind of like you can take a position, you can debate, but you can't, you have to, I mean, you can't just let it get wild, right? We're gonna be respectful here. We're gonna try and, and work through it. But here are these uh, following set of values, right? Free speech caveats or values that cannot be debated, stated in the syllabus, and you see them up on the screen. Number one, democratic or represent, representational, representational forms of governance, often different from the US, but representational nonetheless, tend to be more just, less violent, and more rights-based than other forms of governance. You're not allowed to debate that, okay? You also cannot debate that one of the missions of any government should be to provide for the general welfare of its citizens. Mm -hmm. You cannot debate that. You can also not debate that striving to treat all citizens as equal with respect to the law, rights, and opportunity is a worthy goal for any society. Yes. And number four, nothing is sustainable if we destroy our environment in the process of developing it. There it is. Okay, so you can't debate that? You can't debate any of those four. Oh my goodness. Just number four, there's so many words in there you would have to define more clearly, such as sustainable, what, it, what does it mean to destroy our environment? Because I'm, I'm guessing in their opinion, we already are destroying the environment. It's all human beings or Republicans' fault, or maybe it's Trump's fault in the process of developing it. So you're, you've got the environmental you know, loons that are behind this one here. You can't debate that, Katie. And, okay, never mind. I was going to go into communist policy there, but we don't, I don't think we need to. But we're talking about free speech. Mm -hmm. Free speech is just one of the, the foundational liberties we have here in this country. And they're saying, okay, on that one, no, environmentalism, sorry. You're, nope. You can't even point out the Hollywood hypocrisy and then the global elites flying their private jets everywhere 
to the uh, environmental you know, seminars and all these meetings mm -hmm. to save the earth, save the planet, and they're emitting all these, anyway. Now, may, now maybe you should go work at the University of Chicago. See, I'd be out. Where for, their free speech, basically policies and principles is everything that a lot of universities are starting to take a look at. So this whole like, speak freely with many caveats. <laughs> so that's where I remember at the beginning, I said it's like, it's good, but it's bad, but it's good, because it's, uh, you know. They are talking, and again, Princeton University, this, this course is going against what the university actually adopted about seven years ago. Back in 2015, by faculty vote, mm -hmm. Princeton University actually adopted the University of Chicago free speech principles. <laughs> so now this would go directly against that. According to what they voted on, Princeton University fully respects and supports the freedom of all members of the university community to discuss any problem that presents itself. And that's coming out of the rights, rules, and responsibilities website outlining acceptable conduct. But it seems that they're not allowed to go. I mean, the, the professor is having the freedom, but not the students are not having the freedom. But it says for all members of the university community, is that, are they not, aren't the students part of the community? So shouldn't they be able to discuss any problem that presents itself but maybe in the eyes of that professor that those are not problems they're not up for debate according to her so yeah yeah I, this whenever you talk about free speech and the college campus the university system and you have to just say okay whatever they're just saying that and and yeah then where's the follow-up who's going to check on that who's going to police that who's going to see if they're carrying this out no do you think all of a sudden professors are going to allow a conservative student to whatever give their opinion or comment no uh -uh, mm -hmm. not in this class no 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 no, no, no. but <laughs> yes yes when we come back a new study now confirms what many of us already knew <gasps> did you know that college students are more likely to be injured by COVID booster mandates than the virus itself? Did you know? Oh my gosh, I am shocked myself. Stay with us. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. Well, there's no surprise in this chair. David, is there any surprise in that chair? Every day. Every no, day okay, there's surprise. Right, I'm kidding. No, not. Except for right now. No. We have a study by scholars from Oxford, from Harvard, from Johns Hopkins, and other prestigious institutions. And they found that the COVID-19 booster mandates at universities result in net harms. Net harms for the booster. Not the virus, but the booster. Gasp. To the low-risk demographic served on campuses while providing little, if any, net benefit to the rest of society. This is not us just saying, I don't have my tinfoil hat on. I'm not, I'm, we're not just saying this. This is coming from the prestigious the Oxford, the Harvard, the Johns Hopkins researchers. Now the study whose preprint abstract was released in September said that using CDC, 
Are we allowed to use CDC stuff? Is it okay? Using <laughs> CDC and sponsor reported adverse event data, we find that booster mandates may cause a net expected harm. And they also posit that COVID booster mandates are coercive and in conflict with well-established ethical and public health principles. But I thought, I mean, we got to, we, we're here. I mean, it, it's been two years. We need to do everything in our power to save the world. What does it save the cheerleader, save the world? If anyone remembers that show, we have to do everything possible. And that includes you getting jabbed with a booster, healthy college mm -hmm. student, as many times as we tell you you need to. But now the data is showing otherwise, David. Yeah, we. I don't remember how many times we talked about this issue, but we've we've seen videos, we've seen stories of athletes, healthy, strong athletes in their 20s suddenly having a cardiac arrest or they're dropping f from something, a stroke or aneurysm or something, and they were vaccinated. And if you just go over to openvares.com, simply just check out that website. This is a reporting website of vaccine adverse events. Right now it's at 2.3 million adverse events, vaccine adverse events. That's what it stands for, VAERS, open VAERS. And these are the COVID vaccines. And the media hasn't reported on this. They are complicit. If you have a, know anybody that died, know anybody that had a heart attack, people that have had severe neurological issues, athletes that dropped dead, and they have been promoting this as the only solution to the virus. So it's, we're running into a sad time now where now some of the news is coming out, which some of us, we didn't have all the answers. We were still looking for research and we were still trying to figure out what this whole thing has been in the last couple of years. But we were putting out these ideas, these warnings like, okay, Guys, there's something wrong here when this is being promoted by Big Pharma and so heavily by the deep state and by seemingly um, a political party, but we won't go into detail on that. But yeah, so this is uh, not surprising here that on this, the campus, in this case, college students, because some, I think on most campuses, you need to be vaccinated. Maybe you need to get the booze. How Do you know the requirements here on the college campuses? Is it every college or is it some? Well, in, in on this, they're saying the scholars actually point out that there are about a thousand North American universities. So let's, when they say North American, we're talking Canada. And Canada obviously has a lot <laughs> of mandatory things going on there. But a thousand North American universities maintain the initial two-dose vaccine mandate. And about 300 of them then require boosters on top of that. And among the requiring boosters bunch, I guess, Harvard, Rutgers, Smith, Tufts, schools within the whole UC system, all of the University of California of system, of course, Wake Forest, Whitman, there's like, obviously the list goes on and on. But when they took a look, they, they had a hypothetical campus, these researchers did. And they said uh, about 22 to 30,000 of previously uninfected 18 to 29 year olds would have to be given a COVID booster to prevent one single hospitalization, right? So you need that, right? Yet the chances of wow. these young boosted individuals experiencing adverse effects 
is basically like in comparison, right? The scholars had estimated that 1,373 to about 3,200 students would experience side effects that would temporarily interfere with their ability to engage in day-to-day activities. And 18 to 98 of them would experience more serious adverse events such as death, hospitalization, significant or persistent disability, or life-threatening reactions. And again, as you said, how many reports have we gotten where a 22-year-old football player drops dead? Yep. The media Why? is complicit. And we can't say, we yep. don't know, we, we, do, we don't know what happened. Yep. Oh, I want to emphasize that they are using for this story, the CDC and sponsor reported adverse event data. And the headline again, college students are more likely to be injured by the vaccine, by COVID booster mandates than by the virus itself. And I'm asking the question, I mean, we're at, toward the end of 2022. What on earth are we still talking about this for as a threat when we're showing uh, the, the data is now coming out and showing what really is causing people some problems? And I really recommend people take a look at this article. Uh, go yes. take a look because what the authors actually talk about and the ethical nature of this entire thing, it's pretty fascinating. But before we go is up next as we get a first look at Robo War Dog. Yes, Robo War Dog being developed by the Chinese. Better get the kibble, everyone. Plus, we've got our top Babylon B headlines of the week, so don't buzz off. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, before we go, you've seen it in TV shows and movies, but it turns out the Chinese have actually developed a robot dog with a machine gun. Watch the video. Okay, I don't know what this is, but it's a flying... Remember Godzilla and Rodan? That's the Rodan. <laughs> the flying thing. Okay, so now it's getting up. Now it's a dog. Now it's walking on... Okay, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. This looks like it could be dangerous. It's pointing something at us. Wow, this is... Seriously, that's pretty creepy, isn't it? Just a little bit. They can control bit. that. By the way, conspiracy theory... Um, some are saying they used something like that that could go underwater that blew up the, the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines in the Baltic Sea. Wait, I thought it was the Nordstrom, according to Karine Jean-Pierre. Nordstrom? Nordstrom? Did she say that? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh Lord. Watch Healthy okay. Republic. Anyway. Well, so he, here's how the robot war dog is officially described. War dogs descending from the sky, air assault. Blood wing forward, heavy-duty drones deliver combat robot dogs, which can be directly inserted into the weak link behind the enemy to launch a surprise attack or can be placed on the roof of the enemy to occupy the commanding heights to suppress firepower. Katie, robot dogs, but they can fire weapons? Yes, so if you're supposed to put it with the weak link... I hope the White House is prepared. Good, good point. Wow. Seriously, we are in a lot of trouble because um, that's a big weak link in our nation. All right, moving on to our real canine friends. Pebbles is a toy fox terrier. 
and oldest dog in the world, um, Pebbles has died at the age of 22. Wow. On October 3rd, Pebbles passed away at her home in South Carolina. The tiny terrier was five months away from her 23rd birthday. Many credit her long life to a cat food diet. No, say it isn't so that she was put on 10 years ago, since cat food is higher in meat-based protein than dog food. Uh-oh, there's a conspiracy here. On May 17, 2022, Guinness Book of World Records recognized her as the oldest living dog. Katie, do you love dog stories as much as I do? No. No? They're okay. okay. All right. Well, I love dogs. I could listen to more dog stories, but we got to move on. Let's wrap things up with everyone's favorite satire site, the Babylon Bee. Here are this week's top five Babylon Bee headlines. We've picked our favorite Babylon Bee headlines to see which one should be crowned numero uno, queen of the hive. Let's start with opinion. Joe Biden wandering away from the podium is a powerful statement on quiet, dignified leadership. <laughs> Number two, God moved to FBI watch list after pro-life comments surfaced. All right. Number three, Joseph Mengele accepts new role as president of the American Medical Association. Ugh. Number four, homeless vagrant wins fashion award after stumbling onto stage at Paris Fashion Week. And finally, Twitter purchases delayed as ATM will only let Elon get $200 out at a time. Katie, I think I know which one mine is. What about yours? Uh, well, I had the same reactions, I think, that, that you did upon hearing those. Uh, the, the, the fashion one, the Paris Week, yeah. is like you can use that headline every time. It's whatever, Fashion Week, wherever. So that was a good one, but also it can be done. But Joe Biden and his Wandering quiet, aimlessly, wandering quiet, away from the podium. dignified leadership. Yeah. Spot. But you know what's funny? Spot. I mean, funny and sad at the same time. That's Is that the one you picked, by the way? No, I, oh. I like the fashion one. But that, okay. but that's how they portray Biden, right? If he gaffs and walks away, forgets something, and just is... You know, that's silent, dignified leadership. Mm -hmm. I have a beef with our media, but that's going to wrap it up for this segment. More to come next time. Well, you should have beef, because apparently that helped Pebbles live to be yes. the age of Yes, yes, real beef. And cat well, food. and eating the... Meat, protein. All right. Anyway, that's going to do it, people. Make sure you smash that like button if you're watching us on social media. And please do send us your feedback. Are you a cat person or a dog person or neither? Dogs. At stayeducated.org. For David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting this show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.